Welcome to episode 149 of Hearty Dice Friends, the podcast that's role-playing. My name's Grant Howard, and I'm joined, as ever, by my good friend, Christopher Edward Taylor. Hello, Christopher. Hello. How's being indoors treating you? Weird. It's weird. I've Don't gone like weird. But we were weird to start with, and now there's this. Yeah. It is as Chris as Chris was chatting about before the uh, before the episode started. Perfect. Don't 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 put this on them. It's such a <laughs> such a crushing downer. <laughs> Listen, listen, we have to face this horror. This is true. It's perfect pub garden weather today. Oh, it still hurts. So what I encourage you to do is go to your local corner shop, where they're ignoring the two-metre queuing restriction, buy a four-pack of carling, and break into your nearest pub garden. Because there'll be nobody there. Sit down in back, smoke as many cigarettes as you can before the police arrive, and uh, remember the better times when we were allowed to get drunk in public. Oh, God. Weren't they great? Oh, they were great. Also, also I'd, I'd love, I'd love that first day in prison. What are you in for? Broke into a <laughs> pub garden, spent like six hours there before they noticed. So, what well, you mean? You broke inside a pub and tried to steal? Absolutely not. No, I bought no, my beer and everything. That's awful. Jesus, what? I mean, I fixed the wall when I was done. <laughs> so yes, it's weird. We're weird. It's all very strange, but we're still role playing. Uh, we're writing role playing games. We are. Um, uh, I, I've written two this week alone. Crack them out before lunch. Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's, look, there's only really one rule system I use these days. It's pretty straightforward. It's kind of handy, that, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. I've just gotten into a nice rhythm of things. And I accidentally upset half of the internet by saying I thought lyric games were bad. Uh, yes, that was that was a mistake. Yeah, I shouldn't have had an opinion in public. Yes. Challenge, yeah. Yeah, because even if you say, I think that... Mm, mm. What, what I said was, I don't enjoy lyric games because of this. And um, what... The internet heard was, oh, so I hear you hate black people now? <laughs> Which is weird, because I don't hate black people. No. But I upset a lot of people, and so I, and so I, I, I backed off, and I, I realised that, that, uh, that I, I think, like, from my position, my esteemed position, with over 9,000 followers, oh, sorry, under 9,000 followers. <laughs> <laughs> lost, lost about 40,000 there. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe I. Um, I think I, I. I. I think I spoke out of line in as much as it's a. It's a. It's, it's a niche art, um, and it's. It doesn't. It's not doing anyone any harm, is it? No. Aside from maybe if you spend seven quid on a single page of text when you're expecting a full role playing game, but I'm not bitter. <laughs> I like, I, like, I like how you're doubling down on, a, a, thankfully, a very small podcast. I'm not doubling down. No. What I'm doing is side tripling. Oh, okay. That's that, that's a very canny poker bet. I keep I keep, I keep evading and then keep just sort of like jinking it back in. No, but seriously, though, lyric games are games. I wasn't saying they weren't. Yeah, I just don't care for them at all. No, no, me neither. Like, at this that, point, I've read a fine. few. I don't, I, mind I, them, I don't mind them existing. Like I don't get it. I don't get it. Not everything is for all people. That's how Mm -hmm. this works. Yeah, certainly not for me. But what is for me is questions. Huge, huge questions. Fuck, that was seamless. On the 148 episodes of practice really pay it off. (laughs) Really great. (laughs) The old segues. Mm -hmm. All right, Chris, give me a question. So Dr. Matt has written in 
with I've never run session zero online before. What advice can anyone give me before I royally screw it up and trigger another cringier apocalypse? I'd also like to say that that, um, that Dr. Matt works in risk prevention, from what I can tell, for the NHS. So for him to refer to this as apocalypse is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) This is literally everything. It is all over now. What haven't you told us, Matthew? But yes, it's, it's, listen, session zero is my absolute favourite part of any role-playing game. It's the good bit. It's the good bit. Before you have to, like, use the rules. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a series of interesting prompts. You get, I mean, if it's a good session zero, you know, but you get to build your characters, you get to imagine how everything's going together. There is that awkward bit at the end where it's like, so how did you guys meet? And then you have like just some some really awkward flashbacks where it doesn't quite work. But I love session zero and it's fine online too. I, I think the, the most important thing to realise is the less work you do beforehand, the more fun you're going to have. Yeah, for sure. Like, if you think, ah, I've plotted out this conversation mm. perfectly you're screwed. Mm-hmm. And like you can hide so much of any prep you do when you're playing online. Like, if you're in person, everybody's seeing you going, ah, oh, shit, let me rifle through this book and try and find the bit I've written down here. Mm. Whereas you can stare down the barrel of the camera and see and see a, a PDF in your peripher- peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. You can work that mouse wheel without anyone noticing. I don't even, I don't go on camera when I jam. No, thank you, sir. Not my, not my scene. He's <laughs> everybody else on camera, so you can see them just to check that they're paying attention. So weirdly, yeah, on my, <laughs> on my, on my Wednesday night game, although I'm running Electric Bastion Line on Wednesday nights, and all my players have cameras, and I'm just sort of echoing through the room like the voice of God, which suits me down to the ground. I, I kind of like that. It's great, yeah. And like, and like, oh, and like, I, I, I was in a game of Call of Cthulhu on Thursday, and. Uh, if, I, uh, everyone else was it, was it was through Zoom, so everyone else had their had their cameras running. I was just doing some light modelling, <laughs> uh, bit of painting, bit of converting. Put a coat on an on a, on an Adeptus Mechanicus uh, Scutari I'm building. No one had to know. No, that, like I have a camera and I try not to use it because then oh. I would have to not wear what I wear most of the time now. What's that? Which is pajama trousers and an open zip up hoodie. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. We looked a bit rough before we weren't allowed to go to the hairdresser. <laughs> oh, I've moved the hairdresser into my house. At this oh yeah, point. you've got um, you've got clippers now, haven't you? Yeah, you got you got in ahead of the game. We've got we've got someone back order. The best thing I ever did for my hair. Really? Mm. Mm. It actually looks better. Me doing. It. Well, I, mean, I guess you, you you can sort of stay on top of it. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to leave the house at any point. Session zero. Yeah, session zero. Shave your head. Sh- yeah. Just- on camera, show that you're serious. Got like to go that, the like full that, jarhead crew cut. Yeah, like uh, like that bit from GI Jane where Demi Moore shows her head. Do that directly into camera. That, that and that's like the first thing. And because because you're going to be in charge, mute and de- mute and deafen everyone else and just do it. <laughs> no, anyway, the point of a session zero is a session zero is a conversation, not a game. Yeah, I realise that most games are conversations as well. But anyway, but they're also games. They're also games. Like, you have maybe, like, three rules to follow in a session zero. It's all about setting expectations and talking through concepts and what are we going to do? How are you going to build your character? The only rules come in, like, in more complex games, maybe you're picking out which feats to take. You you have to sort of understand the rules, maybe, but not apply not too much. Yeah. Yeah. Feats, I will say, are terrible, and I hate them. Yes, you, have, you are on record of saying that. There's too many. I want there to be seven feats. <laughs> And just let me pick what from a those grotesque things. character. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 
because it's a conversation, it, I actually find session zero easier than the game. Oh, absolutely. Because it's just hanging out with your mates, but with a specific yeah. to- topic mentioned beforehand. It is, it's not only easier than doing a game, it's easier than just, than just hanging out with your mates. Yeah, because there are no rules. Well, some degree of rules and, and order to the conversation. And and yeah, and if, 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 if the conversation ever starts to flag, or if someone says something like that I disagree with, I can just be like, all right, well, shut up. For a second, <laughs> let's get back to the thing which we're here for. All right, yeah, and then and then you make the thing happen. And yeah, I I, I fucking love session zero. I wish every game was session zero. I mean, however, as I was saying earlier, don't prep. The more you prep, the more because you have no idea what the players are going to do. You can mm. give them sort of like you, you can give them some guidance, and I think that perhaps coming coming to session zero with an idea of like, oh, you're all treasure hunters, or oh, you're all uh, you all work for the church. You can have something along those lines, but if you if you come with any ideas, the players don't know those, and they're going to start making the characters, and then like, okay, so I've got this really cool, gritty campaign lined uh, lined up. There's going to be like, we're going to uh, we're going to run a, uh, a uh, an orf- an orphanage, and we're going to rescue kids who have been who are like like because uh, there's wars tearing through the city, so it's, so we're protecting it. And then someone's like, oh, I'm going to play a warlock, and my patrons fish. <laughs> As oh okay, so as an urban game, I'm going to play a ranger. Who's patrons fish? I don't think you've understood. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I think you've I think you've massively misunderstood the what's what's going on with this guy. I'm going to play a fish, and and like you can certainly I think have how silly... easy it is to just kick somebody over Discord though. <laughs> you could just ban yeah, them just from ban the server. Them. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking drop kick them off the internet. Nah, you're done, mate. Yeah, whatever. So I think like if you if you do come with anything prepped, um. More so than uh, than in face to face because you don't have that level of uh, that level of communication, that level of uh, nonverbal communication, that intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to you need you need to be clear what your expect what your expectations are and try and make as few as possible. Yeah, I think actually like prep can be harmful mm, in yeah. a way because you come to the game with preconceived ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll have thought of something for the game, like oh, we're going to do, we're going to play an underwater city, mm-hmm. um, and the players don't want to do that. Mm. And now you're like, oh, this is oh a rubbish no, game. No. Other people have thought of. If there's something that's so important to you, you've got to put it in that pitch when you recruit the players. Yeah, and like if you're playing a, a published adventure, then fine. There's there's a certain th- th- I can't say it. a certain thoroughfare through the the system and through the campaign. Well done. Then you need to to, to set that tone um, and stick to it quite strongly. Mm. But if you're making the game up as you go along, you're fine anyway. Absolutely. I think the key is to to study, not prep. Mm. Like the more you understand the capabilities and the intricacies of the system you're going to be running, mm. everything's going to be smoother. You don't need to know what's going to happen. You know what you know what you can do if you can yeah. remain if if you can re- remain dynamic and research potentials. That's probably the best prep you can do. Mm. Can we write a role-play game that's just session zero? Or is that just creative writing classes? We we did it, Grant's called Unbound. Well, there's also a campaign attached to it, vestigially. Uh, you don't have to play the campaign. No, you don't have to. All right. I mean, there's there's games like, what's it, Microscope and Quiet Year and yeah. things like that. Well, I think Quiet Year is is also like a... Like Quiet Year's a role-playing game in as much as you are reacting to things that occur. Yes. Micro- and the same with Microscope, actually. I think like they just have uh, like the focus on the on the character gen on the world gen which happens live during the game rather than beforehand that's true but but i just maybe 
maybe what we need, rather than a role-playing game, which is a whole, which is only session zero, we write a, a an add-on for every other role-playing game, which just resolves a campaign with a series of rules. I kind of like that. Well, there's um, Do Not Let Us Die in this dark night of this 17th cold winter of autumn. Mm-hmm. I can never remember the title. Um, which is, a, bol- which is a bolt-on, oh no, big big winter storms come, we've got to survive this. Yeah, to so we have that. role-playing games. We have that, but it just like snaps onto the back of character creation and completes yeah. the campaign for you. It's, it's like So it operates as a cross between a, a series of D100 tables and a Mad Libs. <laughs> in the in the like in you like, fold up a d100 table and enter things and then roll dice you'd you'd um like you'd fill it out so so it would have the the square brackets villain uh in the square brackets location where the campaign's taking place and you fill it out and then you sort of roll on tables to sort of work out like 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 you just you know, you know what we will resolve this entire campaign in an hour or your money back i mean what if there's a what if there's a game where you it it takes multiple sessions mm-hmm. so it's not just a one shot potentially but mm. you build up the campaign and the campaign world and all the intricacies mm-hmm. like you build a house of cards or, or a line of dominoes all right and then the last game is just you, you tap the top or you tap the first domino and then you you play to work out what happens th- through that civilization and that world you've built i like that very much like you can build we do that you, can, can we do that in the game design section of the podcast let's do that in the game design section of the podcast we'll come back to this can I interest you in another question? Yeah, you know what? You, you take another turn to, be t- to hell with the format. I'm going to do a bunch of questions at you today. That's what's going to happen. All right. All right, then. All right, then. All right, good. Okay, then. Zimrilim asks, What axes should we replace the traditional good-slash-evil and lawful-slash-chaos alignments with to make them interesting to play with? I'm trying to remember what the point of, of good-evil-lawful-chaos is. Uh, to make detect alignment work. Mm. I think that's it, it is, honestly. It's a curious fruit because it's sort of it 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 boils down of like these massive fundamental vagaries into like positive and negative comments like like binary. Mm. Like it is possible to be capital G good and and you can have a spell cast and you'd be like oh yeah he is good. And that's a strange one for me. Yeah, I feel like maybe it was to give them uh to give monsters essentially keywords. Yes, I suppose because so. That's interesting. If you look at it in like Magic the Gathering terms, mm. if you've got the heroes are playing white and the uh uh the monsters are playing red or black or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Take, take a red dragon, they're playing they're playing red, they're doing a burn deck. Mm-hmm. And white can get protection from red. Mm, protection from evil. Ah, that's it. It's uh, it's bands and wards, isn't it? Yeah. It's the whole sort of um, I'm I'm super holy, and 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 like no evil creature shall pass here. Yeah, it's it's so, so they've got a way of affecting larger yeah. groups. Yeah, interesting. Okay. And also, it means that you can just go. Well, these goblins are evil. You can just kill as many as you want. It's fine. We have we have been. I have been into my um, increasingly socialist theory of the uh, of how of, of how chaotic evil is simply those who are against the state. I mean, yes, there's a, there's actually a fairly solid way of looking at it. Though, sorry, those who are not part of the state. Mm. There we go. <laughs> um, no, you don't even have to be against the state. A lot of orcs, I presume, haven't even heard of the places that the adventurers are coming from. No. So I and like I've seen it used in an interesting way, uh, as in as much as when you're born, you have detect alignment cast on you, and then you are you are segmented, segregated. Uh, yes, segregated. You're segmented into eight pieces, and you die. <laughs> Your thorax hardens. <laughs> <This> <laughs> 
<laughs> you're segmented like a delicious worm. No, you're you're segregated into like there's a, there's like lawful town and chaotic town and good town and like all the cops are good and the understanding is that actually it has no bearing on your actions. It's just it's just like you just happen to be born with something in you. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see. I want it. I want to have it as something which is fun to play with, but it's also useful. So it's like something which powers it. So we can look at the uh, what option is we consider it like a fundamental force in within the fictional world, like good and evil. Yeah, uh, and that draws on your old uh, Michael Moorcock, doesn't it? As well, I've never read any Moorcock actually. He's got like like the cosmic balance and stuff, and like oh, when good and evil overreach, and like, you know he has there's like the eternal hero, which means he only has to write one book. He just, he just, writes, <laughs> just does it over and over. I think that's Moorcock. Just just Zelda's that's in that shit. Pretty much, yeah. Or we have it as a fi- uh, as we have it as a, as a meta game concern. So like um, something about your role playing style, something about your mechanics, which lead into it. Which which do you think is more interesting? I think there might actually be almost a middle ground there that's interesting, mm-hmm. which is that you keep the tone of the original lawful chaos, good evil, mm-hmm. but you shift it to how the person has chosen what the person has chosen mm. so you take lawful away and you put in um i'm trying to think of the word duty honor okay like, like, like responsibility kind of yeah like duty to your order to your people mm. to whatever it doesn't it doesn't matter whereas lawful is very much a, like a legal term you know mm. yeah so i suppose the difference between law and justice right yeah like it's bureaucratic yeah. lawful is is, is is to a degree bureaucratic mm-hmm Yes. Okay. And chaos is not understanding spreadsheets. I see. So is is it is it? So I suppose it's it's more serving the group as opposed to serving the self. Yes, but serving a group, a named group. Cool. I like it. A society. Like you could you mm-hmm. you can you can you can you can have you can be dutiful mm-hmm. to an adventuring society. Right. Yeah. And do your duty, and you'll like you. That means that you won't backstab other people in that in that group. Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't. Well, no, you wouldn't because you're mm. dutiful. I suppose that's, that's the other thing that bothers me about about alignment is that the fun part of a of a of a character comes from the, like not in role playing terms but in say dramatic terms or narrative terms is when that changes when you go from lawful good to chaotic good when you go from uh, neutral to evil mm-hmm. that's interesting and you're encouraged not to change yeah it's very set in stone isn't it yeah like this is who you are. And you have to behave in a certain way. Like, as you were saying, you don't do that because you're dutiful. Mm. And, and like, I think for me, the interest, when you have this philosophy, like, the interesting part is when you are tested, when your philosophies are trialed. I, I think, while technically it is still semantics, um, swapping the, the wording around would help here. Okay. You are dutiful because you won't do that. Mm-hmm. Rather than because you are dutiful, you won't do that. Well, I suppose because you haven't done that. Yes. Mm. That so that's how you read, and that you get abilities that may be key off of that. I, I would like. I would be interested in tying it to class, tying it to abilities, tying it to mechanics. Because the only thing you've got, like, because they've pretty much scrapped the whole. Uh, you want to be an assassin, you have to be evil. Mm-hmm. You want to be a paladin, you have to be good. The only way in which they're used, like, like the primary way in which good and evil was used, aside from protection from good versus evil, was if your paladin does something wrong, they lose their powers. Yep, that and I think, I think things like, and, and indeed Smite, which is a paladin power. Now, paladins weren't that great to start with. No. They've never been wonderful. They like they were made. They like they they were they were all right back in like back in the misty ages of you know the eighties when you had to get three eighteen to play one or what have you. 
They're not that great. It's an inter- it's, it's a weird sort of setup because the interesting thing is when the paladin's faith is tested, and either they strive through and 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 have that sacrifice and maintain their faith, or they fall. The game doesn't give you fuck all for falling. Yeah, you, no. you have to go into the blackguard class. It also doesn't matter because there's an atonement no. spell. That is the other problem. Mm. In the same way that uh, ultimately, after a duration, um, death mm. doesn't matter. No. It's, it's, no, it's, it's, death is an, an annoyance at certain levels, rather than being a, an actual problem. I, mean, I remember that, like back in 4th, I had anything past about level 24. Death, they literally described death as a speed bump. <laughs> and I feel we need a different word for it. Yes. At that point. The same way that I think I think like you'd need a different word for good and evil. If you're looking at it in, like, in, in terms of... You think it in terms of cosmic forces? It's like good and evil don't seem big enough. Also, good and e- good and evil, to my mind, aren't cosmic forces. Oh, but, but sorry, but they are in D and D because you can sort of defend. No, yeah, no, I, them, sorry, you know? yes, I understand that. What I'm saying is that the definition of evil and the definition of good mm. is so incredibly broad. Mm, you've got that degree in it. Yeah, that just to just to, just to put a one word thing on it. Oh, yes, evil or good. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no grace yeah. here. Yeah. Is is a bit much, so I think I like I quite like swapping lawful out to duty. Like it's a sense mm-hmm. of attachment and mm-hmm. um, willingness to follow rules. Mm. It, it's not lawful, but it's a willingness to follow them. To follow the rules of a chosen organization. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what's the opposite of that? What's the what's its counterpoint? Because so. we can't just put not duty. Rugged individualism. Could it be like idealist, like duty bound and idealism? I mean, I'm not super idealism down. Might be the wrong word. No, that's the thing. I'm not. I'm not quite super down with the idea of um of of having these opposing forces as well. Like like we could have them all coming out the centre, but they don't need to, they don't need to oppose. Well, that, see, that's the thing because oh, they are axes. We need axes don't because we? they're on an axis. They have they have to oppose because you can't be both. You you could be up or down that axis. You could be more lawful than you are chaos, but not hundred percent lawful. Okay. I think we're getting too philosophical about this. I think we might be. Twink and bear, <laughs> and then preppy and goth. I mean, that's it, isn't it? Pretty much. You can pr- you can put anyone on, on those axes. <laughs> Where do you fall on those axes? Prep twink, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, these days prep twink. Uh, so I'm definitely not on the bear side. No. And I suppose I'm. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm probably more goth than than prep. I think so. Yeah. Well, I I like I think I like to think of you as a as as, as a sort of prep bear. I I will take that actually. Yeah, because you know you, you, you've got a nice light in corduroys. I do, and you're a big man. <laughs> the, the best, the best part of this is that 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 system actually works quite well for D and D. Yeah, I mean, just sort of extrapolating from that, do you get protection from Twink? Yes. <laughs> you also get charm bear. Charm good. <laughs> so, do you think that you've got uh, unlike unlike you'd, you'd, you'd have like you'd have like goth weapon smite prep. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I quite like the idea of, of, of preps versus goths, but also having like another high school axes rather than a gay man axes. Well, like maths Nerds versus... and jocks. Oh, okay. I was supposed to maths and geography? What do you... <laughs> no. <laughs> Nerds and jocks, Oh, you mean like, like the playground and the canteen? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, that, that, that yeah, actually really works. Yeah, it's nerd versus jock and prep versus goth, which I'm, I believe I've stolen from somewhere. Are we just we just doing the Clueless RPG again? Look, man, it's been it's been four years. It's, it's about time for a second edition, okay? That is true. Papa needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> but that, that gives me a much better understanding of who your character is than some sort of good lawful bullshit. 
Yes, absolutely. Plus, and like it's a proper axis. So like, so so I, I guess I, I guess like you can still be like Jock Goth, Goth Jock. God, the character classes name themselves, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Goth Jock and Prep Nerd. I mean, most most nerds are Prep. Mm-hmm. But what if they weren't? No. I- I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, the traditional image of yeah. would fall into that category. But then you'd have the outliers, and that's where it gets interesting. Will writes in, Bad news, you have been accused of a murder you didn't commit. You were almost certainly being framed. It's in caps, that's why I'm reading it in that way. <laughs> Thankfully, you were able to choose your fictional investigator who will clear your name. Who do you choose? Oh. Mm. I would like Dr. Quincy. Medicine woman? No, from uh, Quincy. Dr. Quinn. Sorry, I, I thought Dr. Quinn. Who's, who's Quincy? He's, he's a forensic pathologist, the original silent witness from like the ah, 80s. Ah, right, okay. But it was, okay. it was an 80s American thing, so it was a lot cooler than silent witness, which is more okay. moody. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at corpses. And he looks at corpses a lot, but not as much as you'd think for mm. a forensic pathologist. Or was, was it, I mean, at that point, he was just called a coroner. Is it, was it more like investigation? Yeah, kind of. Like, what would happen? He goes, ah, there's a body. We'll need Quincy. And the coroner comes over and goes, he's dead. You, ma'am, what happened here? (laughs) That's not what a coroner does. That's not your job, sir. Please sit down. But he very much comes off as that, like, you know, that uncle who's an alcoholic but tries to hide it? Oh, yeah. That's how he comes off throughout most of it. Like, he he always looks slightly pissed. (laughs) Like, he always parks a bit hard. Yeah. When he arrives. He he gives everybody the stern eye just to see if they'll confess. Mm -hmm. Did you do it? No, but it doesn't sound just like... No, no, one him, <laughs> and it's it's so fucking ramshackle. Like it's mm. almost in the in my head. It's in the same category as like Minder from British TV. Mm. Mm. Like none of it really holds together, and so I want Quincy to do it. I I, I hadn't. So I was thinking like I don't know Sherlock Holmes, um, another Sherlock Holmes, a third Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I don't know a lot of detectives, but investigators. But you reminded me with your, your Doctor Quinn, work. medicine woman. <laughs> She doesn't even solve crimes. <laughs> <laughs> she gets to the bottom of health crimes. The flying doctors. Um, Dr. Seuss? Dr. Pepper. The, the, uh, a, a show I very much enjoyed. I switched onto this by a, a, an old friend of mine. He was, a, he, was a, he was a freelance writer, which meant that he, that he used to watch a lot of daytime TV. Mm-hmm. And I was a freelance writer as well. I didn't realise that you're allowed to watch TV. <laughs> for, some reason, for some reason, I hadn't put those two together. Uh, but uh, it used to be on ITV2. It's still on, I presume. I don't know. I haven't had a TV in a while. But it was a, it was an eighties, seventies and eighties TV show called The Fall Guy. Are you aware of this? I've heard of it. Wonderful idea for a program. Uh, it's uh, Lee Majors, the six billion dollar man, six million dollar, you know, the robot guy. Yeah. Um, he plays a stunt. Sorry, a stunt man, not stuntman. He plays a stuntman, and it's him, a woman who they swap out throughout the series. Um, Unfortunately, and, interchangeable woman. Yeah. And I believe some sort of feckless sidekick. And, and they get sort of embrangled in crimes. Okay. Like caught up in, in crimes. Like and not inevit- intentionally. Oh, like so like so like sometimes it's like it's it's, it's like uh like Lee Majors will be will be driving down the street in his four by four and so and like and like a lot of punks will steal a woman's bag and then get get in a speedboat and he's like, No, oh, this seems right. mysterious. Okay. Or yeah. someone will come up and 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 it'll be like, Oh, Lee Majors, I need your help. Because, uh, oh, uh, we're all acting buddies from way back, and a guy's foreclosed on my house. And then, and, and it will something like the Majors will, will solve this problem by jumping out. Well, not jumping out of a plane, maybe in the finale. Definitely jumping out of a car. See, what I imagined when, when you said they get embrangled was just like, I just, just once I'd like to go to a bank without it getting robbed. 
<laughs> now I've got another crime to solve. And the bank's oh. closed now. That's, that's, a, that's a story in that, isn't there? <laughs> Just person who, like, isn't a criminal, doesn't yeah. really like crime. You know, he's not a detective, mm. but crime constantly happens around him. And he's always the always the only person that can solve it. Maybe his name's like Rodney. Okay. And 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 because like, again, this is this is like 1975 to 1985 era, and it's it's called Lightning Rod. Oh, that's clever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now he'll need a him. dramatic surname. Something uh, something hazardous and open. Something Donovan. Like Dangerfield. Rod Donovan. I wanted to be played by Rodney Dangerfield. That's <laughs> hazardous and open. Famous action star Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> right. I d- I don't like Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, he's dead. So have you, you know. ever seen that man make a sandwich? I have. You've shown me the video. Oh, it's so beautiful. He just, it just. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't I, get Rodney Dangerfield. I love thing. him. I, I know, I know you're a fan. I think it's a bit like John Candy. I just don't. Or uh, what's his name? Say. Steve Martin. S- I don't. Steve I don't Martin. buy it. Steve Martin is a saint and a treasure. Steve Martin looks like he kicks horses. Yeah, I bet he does. I bet he really gives it to him. He can afford to. <laughs> He's going to buy a horse <laughs> every day of the week. He just does it outside the police station. What are you going to do? I'm Steve Martin. He rides a horse as fast as he can towards the police station and shoots it clean through the back of the head of the tarful revolver. No, just, just into the front window. He just jumps off at the last second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, like, like, while it's at a full gallop, bang! Mm. What are you going to do? I'm Steve Martin. <laughs> The horse twitching like a dead pigeon. Throws the loaded gun at a cop and then gets on the train <laughs> that he chartered. That's how I want Steve Martin to be. Um, we've been talking for over half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, I've gone a bit weird. Let's move on. Let's move on to the second part of the show because we already know what our idea is. Okay, so something about jingles that's funny. Uh... Did you ever want a game to exist? Part two of the podcast is it's here. The part two the jingle of happened the just then. Everyone, listen along. Hello, hello. And part one of the mm-hmm. podcast, you wanted to make yeah, we a had game. A great idea. So yes. let's see if I can remember what it was. <laughs> Please do, because I fucking can't. <laughs> it was uh, so. So I think the idea I had was it's a bolt-on system you put on the end of any other RPG, which goes through the bothersome process of actually having to play it out, like with sessions and players and things. Yep. And I yep, think like you, we were talking, you were also talking about the idea of a session where you just sort of build everything up, but then it ends quickly. Yeah. So the the the, thing, the idea mm-hmm. I had was that you, for however long you want this to last, like it could in theory be quite mm-hmm. a long game. You build up and detail mm-hmm. a world, a, a setting, a, not an adventure, but like a, a potential plot line. Like, a, like oh, like a, like an invo- this an house hates this house. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You you do the yeah. whole setting thing, and then once you get once you get to a certain point, there's rules and systems and tables and stuff where you just kind of knock over the house of cards and see what happens. So it's it's fairly grand and sweeping. Mm. I mean, it depends on, I guess it depends on the scale of the thing you're designing because you could just do the setting of like incredibly detailing a house mm. with five people in it or you could be doing an entire world and have continents yeah. and I things like that. I think the game we're describing does exist. I think it's oh, called it? like Downfall or something. I think Maybe. like, like the, the idea of... And amp- kingdom. Yeah, kingdoms, kingdoms, microscope, but focused, isn't it? The idea mm. of an amped-up campaign where you sort of skip through a game and then get to the end of the bit. I think, I think. So the the challenge for me with this is that yes, we, we certainly could write one, but the fun of session zero is 
all the potential that your characters have. Because you have these fully realised characters with like abilities and feats, I guess if you have to have feats, stats and bonds and relationships and equipment, and you're thinking, oh, how are these abilities get interlock? That's fascinating. And I think that if we know from the start what we're doing is, oh, actually... Oh, we're just gonna, like, this is only gonna last until we decide to destroy it. Like, if the rules are set up that way, I think it's gonna be less satisfying doing session zero. I do kind of get what you mean. However, I'm, I go into most campaigns fully aware that they're gonna That's fizzle the out. It's not gonna fizzle out. This is not a fizzling out. This, this is, this is going to, this is going to neuter, this is, this is gonna cut out the idea of a campaign fizzling out. Cause if you feel a campaign fizzling out, you're like, alright guys, let's get, let's get it back together for one last job in which we detonate the campaign. We stop using D&D rules and we use, we'll call it ejector seat. And seat is an acronym and it stands for something. Okay. That's Sexy, exciting and tax free. <laughs> there will be tax depending on region. <laughs> it's got an asterisk. And the asterisk text is written at the same size as the rest of the text. <laughs> Immediately after the asterisk and or, the text. Or uh, we call it flip the table. Yeah, um, there you go. It's designed for the tabletop oh, simulation. Yeah, but the idea is that you're flipping the table in as much as you are, you're, you're taking all the rules you had and you're boiling them down to this ultra simple system. And then from there, you, uh, you've you got, we're talking like r- roll a d6 on a five plus it goes well. On a three to four it goes middling. On a two down it goes bad. And oh, mm-hmm. I'm really good at this sort of thing, and like, and like, we could have a I'm good at this sort of thing ability, which lets you roll extra dice or roll bigger dice or what have you. I don't really care. But the idea is that nothing's going to like. You can't ever talk in character. You can't ever like everything's happening at this vastly sped up pace. It's all it's all uh, abstracted. Mm-hmm. You're kind of um, god mm-hmm. level. You know, like um, city builder video game level zoomed uh, out. The reason why I'm so excited about this idea is the very last game I played before lockdown kicked in, before quarantine kicked in, uh, I was running a game of what well, was supposed to be um, Into the Odd, but I didn't really understand how the rules worked at Into the Odd. So it ended up being this weird D&D mashup bullshit, uh, <laughs> which, which, which honestly didn't work. And um, we were supposed to be gearing up for a, for a new campaign run by another player. So I was like, right, we're halfway through this campaign. I want to end this. Tonight, we've got two hours. We're going to end the story. If you don't want to roll dice, if you make a dramatic revelation, your action succeeds. Okay. And like it meant that like, oh, the, like pretty much every character had come from the future to try and stop the other ones. That, that like they'd all been married before to each other, that sort of thing, <laughs> and that was that was a really interesting way of sort of stacking things up. In as much mm. as right, you're going to die, or this story is ending now. Like, yeah. the, like, like wh- whatever happens is the end of it. It's a bit like Fiasco, I guess. You know, like, 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 like the, the the final the final role in a game of Fiasco, where it's like, okay, you get out of it, but you're hurt. Mm. What was that one about? Sea monsters. Attack of the, attack of the psychotic killer and Dutchman under the sea. Um, that's the one, yeah. That's very different. That, okay, I'm confusing stuff. Then. Never mind. That's Dr. Magna Hands, basically. <laughs> no, yeah. So, I think dice are fun because that gives us a bit of a random element. I think d6 are good because everyone has d6. The thing I'm worried mm-hmm. about is that it needs to be more interesting and more involved than just flipping a coin and, and if it's heads, then you get mm. what you want. Like, do I successfully complete all these dungeons and become king? Flip a coin. Yes, there needs to be some sort of system in it for not just rolling, but like, if this fails, then this happens. 
You know, like like unexpected twists and turns still need to come into this okay. story. Otherwise, all you're doing is continuing to play, but with different dice. The overall theme is doom, right? Okay. We, we understand that the natural end state of, a, of, of an adventure is death. That's yes. the natural end state of all living beings is death, but you know what I mean. There's lots of rules for it. Yeah. You, um, you pick up doom tokens when you do shit. So um, we're talking like we're like you. You have a scale, and if we assume your standard role playing game happens roughly in real time, whenever when anything's vaguely interesting, you skip for downtime. Be like, okay, so each role is the most important thing that happened that month. Right. The yeah. the the lower you roll, the worse you do, and the more doom tokens you get. And the GM gets to spend your doom tokens to roll on a pool of bad things that happen to you, and eventually you die. Interesting. Or one thing you could mm-hmm. do, if it's for a specific right. system, um, say your dungeon. You, how, about, how about the fifth edition of that? Okay, let's go with that one. God, um, that's so... give, <laughs> yeah, you give each class three abilities right. that work off of these doom tokens and each of them i just to give it a number each of them have 10 levels of this of right, this right. ability so you can do any of them any amount of times but there's like a weak version for one doom token which you can do all the time ah. if you want or there's a massive one at 10 so it's so it's, at, it's like, like belonging outside belonging but amped up kind of yeah okay. so like the um like the 8 9 10 end mm-hmm. of the spectrum would remove your character from the game. Like, it would actually... It would end that story. But it gives you a lot of narrative control. And each of the three different... I keep wanting to call them spells in my head. Each of the three different Zenith abilities, (laughs) essentially, have a completely different flavor. But you can use any of them interchangeably. Christopher, Christopher, Christopher. D&D already comes with them. There's the subclasses in in um, in each class. So you've got like yeah. your defense fighter or your t- arena fighter or what have you. You've got the core ability which comes with your class. You boil them all down to these, to these, like to these really broad. Oh, as a fighter, you can fight things. But like, like okay, it's, okay. Mm-hmm. So the more points you spend, the more people you can defend, right? You've got a set of yeah. basic abilities because D and D. So it's like, oh, I hit it. Oh, I drink the potion. Oh, I pull the lever. Whatever. And then you've got um, specific ones which you, which which you have, which is sort of. You're, you're sort of crafting out your character. So you're making an approximation of your character, and then the game is expressly designed to kill as many characters as possible as quickly as possible. And you're doing your best to avoid that. <laughs> and kind of the good. idea is that it will end a campaign. I like your I like your idea of doing it doing it for fifth ed because then people might buy this. Like we sell it yeah. as you're, like so many campaigns have fizzled out. So many campaigns just don't go anywhere. What we're saying is take this. Take twenty minutes to convert your characters over to it. You'll still recognize everything because D and D. You'll still understand it. It's still your character. If they've got any special particular abilities, we have like a, like I don't know, roll two dice rather than one if you use your special ability. We have a once per session. Whatever doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And then they get to end their stories. We call it something like capstone. Like oh, it's the I very like the very the very top of the very end of it. The good thing about doing it for fifth edition is that because it doesn't actually use 5th edition rules, it just uses their classes, fighter is transferable. Rogue is transferable. Every every single class in D&D has, at least to some degree, an analogue in yes. other games. There are there are many games that don't have an analogue. Anything we've written. Anything? Oh, come on. Everything we've written have an, has analogue to, to D&D. Other, okay, go on. You're right. It's, it's just a rip-off. <laughs> So it's not a ripoff. I'm just saying, like, if you look mm-hmm. at Heart, the Deadwalker is based That's on true, a ranger. Yes. 
there are classes and indeed characters mm. more more importantly who are mm. fighters at the, at the heart of it that's how the person has chosen their abilities mm. so D D has these kind of platonic ideals of classes mm. man what fights sneaky sneaky rogue type mm. spellcaster weird spellcaster dragons you know all these different yeah. types of things and you can you can transfer them out and I think that would be really fun because you can put a lot of narrative weight to each of the the abilities yeah. at various points. Yeah, like uh, like Shadowrun, the Shadowrun um, narrative system, but good. What was it called? <laughs> I, I I haven't I haven't read it. Oh, oh, if you had Shadowrun oh, on the was, front, I probably oh, it was so close. It was so it was so close to being, oh, to being really? the Shadowrun game I wanted. Uh, and then it, and then like like it, it has it's this weird mix of granular and uh, and rules light. It just doesn't. Okay. It just doesn't. It doesn't quite land. I can't remember entirely, but it's like it's like you can establish details, and then you can establish X details per turn. It's like no, you nearly had it. <laughs> I've established the detail that a grenade is going off. Fine, I'll get the grenade rules. <sighs> um, How many stairs are there? <laughs> I'm going to roll on the stairs table. Hang on. God, I wish I even liked the setting you of Shadowrun. You, you have to like the setting of Shadowrun. You're not allowed to not like the setting of Shadowrun. I don't care. For I don't it. care for it. It's not. It's, it's not nineteen eighty fucking three anymore. We've moved on. No, nah, it's just. It's just orcs with what if, laser what guns. If you, what if you had like Spelljammer is much more interesting. Oh, Spelljammer's Spelljammer is fucking great. Orcs in space. Let's go. And elves here. Like everyone has different kinds of spaceship. Again, that is personal preference. Not saying that it's a bad so, thing. Yes, innately. So the so the Shadowrun crowd, uh, please don't come and sh- shout at me on Twitter. I'm very sorry. <laughs> About what I said. Just thought I put in a legal like thing there, just yeah, to try and cover you a little yeah. bit. Um, when Grant says it's bad, he means he doesn't like it. I think it's I think bad. it's bad. When Grant says it's bad, he means this is canonically shit. <laughs> You're wrong for liking it, and honestly, a little ugly. Wow, take it personal. To hear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this game. How dare you say that about my mother? <laughs> <laughs> These shoes are new. <laughs> let's wrap it up. Let's 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 wind this wind this crazy fucking deck no, crane I'm, down. I mean, I'm into this idea though. This sort of like like we're like full throttle fifth head. Something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. So the whole point is that it's quick. Like mm. one, yeah, session, one session guaranteed. Two if you two if you want to. It's like it's, it's like we operate on pizza delivery rules. Like like thirty minutes or your game is free. That sort of thing. <laughs> like like the idea is that you have to wrap it up. It has to stop. Yeah. Oh, Chris. S- session Omega. Oh, that's. Or I that's guess new. whatever the opposite of a zero is. Fuck. Mm. One. No, there's already a session. One. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. The opposite there of is an opposite one. of zero, and it doesn't work for our purposes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this wonderful podcast uh, recorded in our hot little rooms. If you've enjoyed what you listened to, you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends uh, and give us some money. If you do give us some money, you can come along and join the Discord, a wonderful, welcoming place full of full of genuine lovelingtons. Oh, well, once again, I just I'd just like to say thank you to our yep. Discord. I would be thirty times more mad without that. Discord. I don't think I, I don't think I have the brain capacity to support a Chris without the Discord. <laughs> 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 Thank you for it's trying, okay, Um No, it's great. We've, we've, we've got a we've got a Minecraft server which Chris is slowly industrializing. Uh, we have uh, we, we, we've been doing Jackbox. We had a wonderful convention last weekend. On Easter yes. weekend, we read we read Choose Your Own Adventure games. We did uh, get a work, workshops. A it's fun. Um, so if, if if you like it, you got you got a bit of spare cash. Come throw some our way and uh, come and join the Discord. Otherwise, that's all for this week. 
Be safe. Love you lots. Bye. Bye. 